to Crime on Primetime. I'm your host, Kinsey Huseman, and I'm here with my two best friends. It's Aaron. And Malik. Hey, Rod, I'm going to need you to have a little bit more enthusiasm. Look, Kins. Look, Kins. I would have if we would have started this 57 minutes ago, (laughs) but this allergy medicine I took is making me kind of sleepy. You were supposed to take the non-drowsy one during the day. Look. Uh, it's a Sunday, all right? I can take whatever I want on a Sunday, okay? <laughs> all right. How have y'all been since y'all ditched me last week for, quote, boys trip? It, it's, let's see. Texas lost on Saturday. Didn't really get to watch the game. I got too swashed. I was hungover. Y'all didn't watch the game? It was good. Nope. We watched it, kind of. Yeah. Um, on, like, the big screen that they had there. Yeah. I was hungover on the flight. Um, That's the worst. I've done that before. Man, Not Monday. Bad. So, Monday, it was the first time I played flag football since, like, <laughs> last year. And I had all that alcohol in my system. I was drenched in sweat. And it was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm trying to detox right now. And <laughs> my body is not liking it. And then I started to feel like shit like Tuesday. And then Thursday I felt better. And now I just feel like dookie again. My my body's playing games. We're too old me. to be. Now it takes us weeks to recover. Yeah. I'm going to get back on the, the vitamin gummies. I love, I love vitamins. Oh. Anyways. Malik, do you have a question for us? See. I do have a question. Let me pull it up. I typed it, but it's not very well typed either, so I don't know why I'm pulling it up. Um, so the question is, how many times do y'all hear like a rumor before you think it might have some validity to it? So I can think of one particular that happened while we were all in school together, and then there was one that happened recently here at the school I work at. That's interesting. Okay, wait. Can we know the rumor and then I'll I'll take it out. Okay. Stuff. So oh. how many times do you have to like hear it from how many different people before you start to think? Well, that one doesn't count because that one happened to me. Okay, so say just exclude yourself from the story, from what everyone else says, because you're de- not the only one. Yeah. Most of the time, it comes with really no proof. Yeah. Now, I've seen the proof, but most of the time it comes with no proof besides he said he did this. I'll say about like, um, I'll say about like five to six people, but each one has to have like a different information. Like if they keep repeating the same shit, I like I've heard it like ain't nothing new. But if they if they add a little bit more info, it's okay. Maybe maybe we might be cooking with some peanut oil. But like, yeah, the opposite. I'm with Malik the because yeah. like if if it's different every time that means that no one has their sh- I see it as no one having their story straight. Hey, like, I don't know. Or yeah, like, see, I'm more like if so everyone keeps telling me the same story or for the most part the same story. Yeah. Then I'm like, oh okay, some might be some truth in here somewhere. Right. That I agree with Malik. I think if more people tell me the same story, then I'd be like, okay, it had to have actually happened. Because if you tell me the a lot of different versions i'm gonna be like i don't know this seems like it's getting out of control 
But I can see the different versions of this thing, too, and I think about it. It's just people, especially gossiping people, and the way they like people, the way people like to tell well, stories. Everyone tells the story different, the most, and the little details can make I, a big difference. Well, yeah, it's hard. The most gossip I hear is about little college kids, so. <laughs> that's that's what I hear. That's what I hear most of the time. Yeah. I have workplace gossip. No, like, I'll be sitting in my office, I'll just be sitting there. It's like, do you want to hear something? I said, yeah, sure. And I don't know what's up with these kids these days. They have no filter. No filter. Yep. There's some things I don't need to know. They'd be talking about their sex life, what drugs they did last night. This I was like, Whoa. We did that same shit in college, though. We not talked- to a professional yeah, staff. We, we, we don't tell our bosses. Yeah. No, I, I never told my boss, but we would say those. But even now, I wouldn't tell you all those things. And then I'm just like... I tell them to, I'm like, look, I appreciate y'all can be open with me. Like, I appreciate that. But there's some things I don't need to know. Like, we're friends, but I'm still your boss. We're not even friends. Look, it's cool. I'm just some guy that, hey, look, you can just throw whatever at me and I'll listen. But also, like, come on now. Look where we're at. You know what has the, y'all kind of get this because you work in, like, a gym setting. But now that I've been at um, group fitness style gyms, boutique gyms, whatever you want to call them, they have the most gossip. Yeah. This, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gym people have the most gossip. Yep. They do. It's kind of weird to say that, but they got the most. There's a lot of fake people sometimes at gyms. I just like to hear the gossip and pretend like I haven't already heard it from someone else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really do think I could be in the FBI, boy. Mm-hmm. I really do think I'm just a fly on the wall. But yeah. Oh man, rumors. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Don't start saying. Yeah. But let's let's move on to the uh, episode of the uh, the week of the podcast, gangs. I was kind of hoping for a better segue. Well, y'all didn't <laughs> set me up. Also, I mean, I was singing, so I thought like maybe you'd say uh, something. About, nothing. Like, no. I. This is this <laughs> time. This no, Ken's. I'm operating with forty percent. I don't. Forty percent. Yes. That's fair. Yeah. I'm just glad you showed up today, Aaron. I ain't gonna lie. I was gonna hit y'all with the will see and <laughs> skedaddle. That's the will see. Yep. That's a mean. Like, yeah, you never. Know. Yeah, like if we ask Ara, Ara, you showing up to the podcast? Uh, we'll see, man. That's a and no. Then he just never shows up. No. Yeah, it's basically a no. Oh, yeah. well, okay. I got for some reason I thought you were saying someone's name, Will, and then an initial C. No, if I ever no. hit anybody with the Will C, <laughs> I ain't gonna be there. Okay, let's talk about this week's episode. We watched Law and Order, SVU, Back to Our Roots. Mm. Season 9, Episode 10, Snitch. Did y'all remember this episode? Nope. I did, but like only after like probably 15 minutes into it, and then it started coming back to me. Took a second. Yeah, I agree. It did. Yeah, it did take me. I didn't get it right off the bat, but after a while, I was like, I do remember this, and I remember what happened. Yeah. 
Because I thought it was a different episode at first. I thought it was like the one with the chemicals or whatever. I forgot which one that is. They're like yeah, I don't African know girls. Like, they're like African girls too. Like, or with their dad or uncle or whatever. And they die because of the chemicals he was, they were next to. I don't is there, remember. Is there a dog near y'all? Yeah, hold on. The fucking dog, man. <laughs> Fuck. I'm like, I'll why do myself, I... keep going. I'm listening. I was like, why do I hear something? Hey, You're like, man. breathing. Shut the fuck he's up. Trying, I'm trying to do this podcast, bro. That's why he's trying to come in. Oh, shit. I'm not on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a blooper. Well, keep going, Malik. But yeah, I thought it was the episode of um, uh, some nerdy guy. Like, he, like, I don't know what describes it, but at the end, like she was locked in like in a refrigerator, hidden on the, like in some junkyard, or whatever, and they had to like come and get her. I don't remember. I thought it's it was the, the one. It's where... the guy. He used to be like he was a he used to get locked in the closet all the time when he was like a a kid. So now he's like scared of the dark or something like that. Oh, and Stabler threw him in and he was yeah, like, no, 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't remember the whole crime, but I do remember that scene. I thought that was, was that like, episode. Yeah, go ahead. I thought it was the one where, isn't there one when it was like the African culture and they were doing like an exorcism or something and they like killed a kid? Mm. We thought we were all knowing about SVU, but maybe not. Or maybe we're not explaining it well. Anyways, let's jump into this week's episode. It opens with volunteers. They're clean. They're like eco-friendly volunteers. So they're going to go clean out the Hudson. That's that river, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So they're like, let's go clean out the Hudson River. We love our environment, which is actually really good. So they found some trash bags in the corner. And they moved one, and they saw a leg. Next thing we know, the police are there. They've pulled the victim out of the water. It's a African-American teen. Her ankles were tied. She had gashes on her head and arms, and she had genital scarring. Mm-hmm. And Melinda was like, she died before going into the river. So, you know, Liv and Stabler are there. They're all, you know, surrounding the victim, trying to figure out what happened, trying to figure out where to start. And the next thing you know, there's, like, just, like, a regular cop that was like, hey, there's a guy over here. So they go, and they look at this guy, and he's, like, sleeping or something. So they pull out his wallet, and he has, like, no ID or credit cards just some cash, and then he wakes up and punches Stabler in the face. And then runs. Not a good look. So Stabler... I like... What? Go ahead. I like the randomness of this this dude. He's not... He's honestly not relevant at all. They just throw in a, a dummy suspect for what? Like the first seven minutes. Also, why would you just assume the random guy sleeping... <laughs> Is like the guy that did this. Out of the thousands of homeless people that are probably around there sleeping. Yeah. Like, I would just assume this guy's homeless. Like, maybe wake him up and be like, did you see anything? 
Oh, also because he had scratches and stuff on him, so they were like, it's part of the struggle. He just pushed this girl in and then just fell asleep right here. So he's running. So Liv and Stabler, you know, are chasing after him. He starts climbing a fence. Stabler pulls out his gun and says, don't move. The dude falls off of a fence and knocks himself out again. So then they take him to the hospital. And they're at the hospital. They're questioning him. What about that girl? Apparently he likes prostitutes. They're like, she a prostitute? He's like, she was pretty. He like, Stabler suggested that he killed her. And he was like, he didn't like really confess. I forgot what he exactly said. But it was something like, I didn't want to kill her. Yeah, he said I killed her, but more like in a question way, not as a statement. Yeah. So then they're talking to the doctor, and the doctor's like, listen. They were like, we need to ship him out to the hospital at the je- at the prison, because uh, he just confessed to murder. And the pr- the doctor was like, um, did you suggest that he murdered someone? And they're like, what are you talking about? So they were just like, I don't know. Why? And the lady was like, well, he has... He's epileptic and has seizures, and in the seizure state afterwards, he's very susceptible to suggestions. So if you asked leading questions, he went with it. And Stabler was like, I would never do such a thing. Mm. Ever. I wonder if I was like that after my seizure. If you confessed to murder? It was such a blur. I honestly don't barely remember it to this day. So we could have made you think that you murdered someone? Probably. Could have locked your ass up for life. I <laughs> know. So, yeah. And the doctor was like, that's probably why he has grapes and bruises. is because when he fell to have a seizure, he, you know, got, got him then. And they were like, huh, interesting, interesting. So they went back to their headquarters and they were doing some things. What was that guy's name? Blake? Blake was doing some things on the computer, and he's like, listen. The victim went into the water around 196th Street because we can track the currents. And they're like, are you sure? Seems like this shit just got pushed in there. And he's like, no. No, not possible. And also because her legs were tied with a TV cable and apparently a TV line was cut and 15 feet of it were missing from like a alley near 196 so they're like we're pretty sure she went in you know in there and they had footage of this guy having a seizure or whatever at the bridge so they're like definitely not our dude so then they went and they visited melinda down at the in the so cute (laughs) corner's office and she was like, here, look at this. We pulled some splinters of wood out of the victim's head. So she was hit with a wooden object. And she had a female circumcision six months ago. Nice. I have a lot of questions about how a female circumcision works. Um, Do they cut off the clitoris? You're, you're asking the wrong I don't think people. they cut anything off. I think they sew something. 
it sounded like for, at one point I thought they were trying to say like they they beat it up or jabbed it so much <laughs> or cut it so much that they just can't feel anything I, down there anymore. I beat it up. Do, 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 do. Man, so I had a I had to have, have anatomy uh like lesson with my mom the other day. So breaking news. Hey, uh, what guys have a PP and girls have a no PP. no it was that's crazy. So breaking news <laughs> for anyone who didn't know, probably all y'all didn't. No, know. we all knew that. No, it's just can you. It's my turn to talk. <laughs> all right. Um, my sister's pregnant again. And she was talking oh, about like that happens when a oh, guy and a girl love each other. They were talking about like burning her like uterus or some shit like that. I was like, what? burning her uterus? Yeah, something like that. I was burning something. And I was like, what the? Fuck? I don't remember them telling me that's how what happens. I I don't know what it is, but apparently like they do it when like I guess when they're... I don't remember that being how they said sex worked. No, I'm talking about like after you have the kid. They burn your uterus after you have a kid. I think so. When they tie, look, man, no. I don't remember. What? Was, they, what? It's, <laughs> look, I don't know how it goes. Okay, it was a lot of information. My mom was talking to me about it. Apparently, she got it done to her too. Oh, they're out here burning cooters. <laughs> I uh, apparently need to have a conversation with my mom too. Have you ever tried breast milk before? Why haven't you tried breast? Whose breast milk did you try? Huh? Oh, whose titty milk were you drinking? I tried it with so obviously if you ever like giving a baby a bottle, you have to like put it on your wrist. Right? Okay, but whose baby do you know? My sister's baby. You basically, if you think about it, you basically suck your sister's titty milk. Yes, you did. Yes, you sucked the milk straight out. Yes, we did. Incest. But yeah, so I don't know if y'all have been around babies, but when you warm up the no, bottle, I've been around. When you warm up the bottle, you gotta like put it on your wrist to see if it's like warm enough, if it's mm-hmm. not too hot. And obviously, I didn't have a towel around me, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> I just did it. Formula milk. I don't know how babies drink formula milk. Formula milk is disgusting. All I'm saying is, I think you had to try a little bit more than a little dot dot, little lick lick. It's not bad. Uh, you like to have these you, opinions? Nah, you didn't like your sister's titty milk. It, it wasn't bad. And then um, that's crazy. But formula- well, how about you go have her squeeze you a fresh carton? Formula milk. <laughs> you sick well, that's the thing, Malik. There's a lot of guys that She's actually pregnant tried. Again, too. Yeah, she is pregnant again. A lot of guys He's actually like, tried about- breast milk because they always, they always. Yeah, but are they trying their sister's breast milk? No, man. Whose breast milk are all of these people trying? We don't know that many people with kids. Hey, look. I don't know how you white folks do it, but we we spread like wildfire in the Mexican culture. <laughs> so you're just trying everyone's breast milk? No, 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 no. A-Rod finds out someone else has had a baby and he's like... No, 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 no. Let me get a little bit just, of that milk. Yeah. He's like, you I'll know, feed it. Cool I'll feed it. And A-Rod gets a little drinky drink. No. Just not family milk. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> okay, back to female circumcision. I have looked it up. Okay, there's four types of female circumcision. The partial or total remover of the clit. The partial or total removal, removal of 
the clit gan the clit and the labia um this is the narrowing of the vaginal opening through creation of a covering seal that sounds painful the seal is formed by cutting and repositioning the labia sometimes through stitch uh Kenzo, you sure you want kids? They sound like you don't want them. This is female circumcision! Oh, thought we were talking about pregnancy. I honestly don't know what we're talking about right now. You think they cut, cut the clit for pregnancies? They're in the wrong location if they're cutting the hey, clit. Hey, think about it. Sometimes you, you rip when you have a kid. Not where the clit is at! No, but you can rip to your gooch. So she had a female circumcision six months ago. Elliot, Elliot slept with the immigration lady. Boy, she was, she was, she was a cutie. I was about to say yes, sir, Elliot. I oh, didn't yes, I don't remember him sleeping with other women. Yeah, I don't know when like this was even supposed to happen, but I I don't even remember this happening. No, I think the first time I watched, or the first several times, because I've probably seen it several times, I was just like, okay, I just kept going because you're like. Well, if Elliot was going to sleep with anyone, it'd be Olivia. Oh, yeah, I was like, wait a minute, hold on now, Elliot. But you then might not Olivia was over there with the eyes, because she was behind Elliot and that lady, and she was, like, big-eyeing him and her, going, Hell yeah. She was probably like, it was supposed to be me. I said, okay. Like, you going to cheat on your wife? Would you at least do it with me? I said, okay. Hey, they, they, he made it sound like they were separated. They were separated. And they I do remember them being separated in the show. I just don't remember the fact that Elliot slept with someone. And then she was, like, really cool about it. Because she was like, I haven't seen you in a while. And he's like, yeah, I got back together with my wife. And she's like, I thought that would happen. She, knew, like, it was a, she knew it was a fling. She was like, I just wanted to hit one time. How do you know it's she one time? She used him. Uh, okay, maybe they double tap. Maybe she a dog. <laughs> Olivia's just sitting there like, why, why, why can I get it? She's so they're talking to the immigration lady because female circumcision is really popular in the African culture. So they're like, okay, maybe she's, you know, a, um, she immigrated over, she's visiting, I don't know. So they're talking to the immigration lady and she was able to identify the victim as 15-year-old Nikel Kwambe from Nigeria here on a 90-day family visa. So Nikki's aunt was the one that performed the illegal female circumcision. If you didn't know, female circumcision is illegal in the United States and a lot of other places in the world. So if you didn't know, now you know. They show, so yeah, they, because, okay, how did we get from point A to point B? Okay, so they're talking to the immigration lady. They're like, Nikki's here on a family visa. They're like, oh, what's her address? And they're like, it's her aunt's address. She's staying with her aunt. So they go to her aunt's place, and there's a, it's some shop, and the lady's up there blasting music, and she's like, the aunt cannot come to the phone right now. Please leave your name and number after the beep. Beep. And they're like, wait a sec. So Olivia and Elliot are like, wait a second. I hear something. Can you turn the music down? And she said no. So Elliot turned it down for her. And they hear screaming. So they run downstairs. And there's a female circumcision. 
about to be performed with the kid screaming and they're like get away from her get away from her so they stop it they arrest nikki's aunt and so she was the one that performed the illegal circumcision on nikki but she was like nikki wanted it it's a part of our culture calm the f down um and then she says that nikki actually wasn't really staying with her she went to go stay with another family she wanted to have some more independence and so they give him that she gave him that nikki's new address so they show up there and they meet chuckway well they didn't meet him they show up there and they're talking to this one lady and she was like I don't know. She was being evasive. And then they heard someone run in the back. So they start chasing him down. So they chase him. And this guy has his hand in his pocket. And they got him cornered. And he's like, don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. I have a disabled arm. It's just disabled. And so he lays on the car. Like, they arrest him or whatever. And his name is Chuckway. And it turns out he's Nikki's husband. But, so they, like, take him into questioning. And then Cragen's like, listen, it's not this dude. This man has a disabled arm. How did he kill her? And that's what Chuckway's saying. Chuckway's like, I have a disabled arm. How did I kill her? And he has an alibi caught on a security cam. So, like, it's not this guy. Nellie and Olivia are like, I don't know. I think it's this guy. And everyone's like, it's not this guy. So, then we have Blake and Finn are at the house you know, doing their little search and seizure with their warrant, and they're talking to, uh, Almani, just about, and she's like, I'm Chuckway's cousin, just hanging out, they have, we have a daycare, and one of the kids from the daycare come in, wearing a lie, a shirt that says lie or die, and they're like, where'd you get that shirt, kid, and they're like, I don't know, some man gave it to me, cop, and they're like, okay. Finn's like, I got a t-shirt guy. Let's go talk to him. Figure out what lie or die means. So then they go and talk to this t-shirt guy who looks like he did one too many drugs. And apparently, lie or die is a movement against criminal informants because it's just snit- people snitching to get better sentences. And I'm over there like, what's wrong with that? Oh yeah, if someone does a crime, I would just tell if they, if you do a crime around me, don't I'm snitching. I'm telling. Yep. If you think I'm going to jail for you, mm-hmm. I'm. T- I don't care. I'm telling. Even if you're not going to jail, I'm snitching. Yep. Don't do it around me. Well, I like I understand what he's saying is that like these people, criminal informants sometimes lie to get to reduce their in the hopes of getting a reduced sentence or being moved this way or that way. So there's always something in it for them. So it's not always pure or correct. But also, you can't get mad if someone snitches on you. You did the thing. You did the crime. How are you going to get mad that someone just said that? Hey, give me 25 thou. I'll tell you whatever you want to hear. <laughs> A-Rod goes to the cops and like, what am I supposed to say? Mm-hmm. What do you want me to say? Just write it on a piece of napkin, piece of paper, and uh, uh, I'll say it. Yeah, I just don't, I don't know. 
I feel like if you're in that world of crime, you just gotta understand that some people be snitches. Can't hate. So then that guy was like, listen, I'm not even that big of a player. Go check out this website. So they go to this website. And it lists all these different types of informants and what they snitched on. And there's a rat next to their name that blinks red if you killed them. And it doxes them and exposes where they live. I thought that was crazy. That's a wild site to be on. That is crazy. I don't, like, how can you, that site seems illegal. Oh, it's probably extremely illegal. Probably it's illegal to post someone's personal info. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's illegal to do that anyways when people dox. Mm-hmm. So Chuckway's on the site. Because he was going to testify against the drug dealer who killed a kid in broad daylight with all these other people watching. But he's such a big drug dealer that no one else wanted to come forward. Actually, someone else did come forward. He was also on the website and he had a rap by his name. And he had, they they had already got to him and killed him. So Chuckway was next. So the theory is someone killed Nikki to keep Chuckway from like talking keep him quiet so the drug dealer his name is dennis king so they go to nikki's funeral to talk to chuck way to be like hey we know it wasn't you we're pretty sure it was this drug dealer and he's like that man's standing over there and the drug dealer was standing over there next to some other grave and he's trying to be like, I know this person. I'm just grieving too. And they're like, no, we're pretty sure you're trying to intimidate Chuckway at Nikki's funeral, who we're pretty sure you killed. So you're arrested because you can't do that. Uh, so he was, he was, uh, he broke his uh, restraining order. Yes. And that was really why they arrested him. Yeah. So then like. Dennis's lawyer's like, hey, we have this certificate that says that him and the grave he was at, they were actually besties. So he was actually grieving. And then they were like, hey, Chuck Way, we're going to put you into protective custody until this all blows over and you testify. And Chuck Way was like, okay, I need to get like Amani and the kids and Sarah. And they're like, no, sorry. Only extended, like, your close intermittent family. And he's like, they are my close family. And they're like, no, you're married to Nikki. And he's like, yes, but I'm also married to Almani and Sarah. So they have to come with me, too, because they are my family. And they're like, oh, shit. Polygamy's illegal. He's a dog. So they arrest him. For polygamy. Come on, man. Let the brother live. How do y'all feel about the fact that polygamy is illegal, supposedly? Think it's dumb. To me, uh, yeah. Do what you want. I mean, you can see as many women as you want if you're not married, so I don't see the difference. You are married. See, I kind of feel the same way. Like, if everyone is consenting... If the women know about the other women and they're okay with it and everyone in this polygamous relationship is good with it, what does it matter? 
There used to be a show. It was like these um, this like family had like three wives, like three different families, and they all like sister wives. Is that what it was called? I think so. And like he bought like a colder sack. It was just for him and his family, and like there will be different days where he go to like different houses. I was like, oh, I said that's just too much work for me, man. <laughs> it's a lot. Mm-hmm. One minute. Bennett, Bennett. Wants, Bennett wants to be on the podcast. He said, you ass, mama. Let me run this shit. Back it up. He said, give me the bike. He said, hot mic, hot mic. So, yeah. They were, like, actually contemplating about arresting Shuckway on polygamy. And then everyone involved, like, from the DA's office was like, yeah, we're not going to charge him with polygamy. Where he's gonna testify for us in this trial? I would be like, y'all going after the wrong motherfucker. I know. I was like, you're trying to get this like actual murderer off the street, and you're worried about the fact that this guy, mm-hmm. because of his culture, has multiple wives, and one of the wives he only married so that she could be safe in America. Crazy. So. They didn't end up. Uh, they didn't actually end up charging him with polygamy. So, him and Sarah on Almani and the kids got to go stay in a motel. But they quickly went back to SVU because a note was slipped under their door that threatened their son's life if Chuckway testified. So they were like, "We're not safe here either. Let's just go hang out at SVU." And then Chuckway was like, "Also, I'm not testifying." This is too crazy and insane and intense, and I already lost one wife. So, like, no, I'm not testifying. Thank you. And Stabler's like, mm, no, you have to testify. So they get we get to the trial. Chuckway's on the stand. Chuckway lies. He's like, I didn't see anything on that day. I don't know what you're talking about. It was a normal day in the neighborhood. Sun is shining, birds are chirping, all good in the hood. Thumbs up. And the DA was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Judge, he's lying. He gave so many statements. He said all along that it was that guy. That guy intimidated him. And they were like, can't prove it. And she's like, give me 24 hours and I'll prove it. And they're like, okay, 24 hours and prove it. Why, Kent, why are you talking like this? <laughs> That's how the judge talks. Mm, I don't think so. In my world, that's how the judge talks. I'm reenacting the episode. Oh. So, now the police are under the gun. Because they gotta prove that Dennis over here is intimidating witnesses. Which I'm pretty sure, if one witness is already dead, that should be intimidation enough. But whatever. So they're investigating the note and they can tell that the note was printed from Chuckway's house because they have another note from his house and they're like it has the same printing marks. I think it's all bullshit, but whatever. <laughs> so they're like, huh, the note came from inside the house. So they went to the house and they found Omani Omani unconscious at the house. Drunk They're like, what is going on? 
and they think it's Dennis's people, but Dennis was like, not my people. So they, Amani woke up from the hospital, and they go, and they talk to her, and they're like, you gotta tell us who did this, and she's like, I can't. And they're like, you gotta tell us. This all lies on you. Chuckway's gonna go to jail, whatever, for polygamy if you don't, because he won't testify, yada, yada, yada. She's like, okay, I can't do this without my husband. I will tell. And she's like, it was Sarah. It was Sarah from the beginning. Sarah pushed Nikki down the stairs and killed her and told me not to say anything. Nikki, or Sarah hit me. It's all Sarah. But also Sarah's, um, the only reason I have a visa, so like you can't take her to jail. They're like, we'll get you a W visa for witness, a witness visa. She's like, cool. It was Sarah. So they went to Chuckway in jail because Sarah was there because Sarah's also Chuckway's lawyer, which I'm pretty sure that's illegal. But okay. So they went there and they're like, it was Sarah. And Chuckway was like, no. And Sarah was like, yes, it was me. It was all me. Something like that. And essentially she did it because she was like, Chuckway, this is your fault because I was okay with Elmani because you met her before we met, so that was fine. But then you brought Nikki in. You didn't have to bring her in. And he was like, I was just helping her because she she needed to get to America to be safe because things were bad wherever she was at. And he's and Sarah was like, okay, but then you fell in love with her. So I pushed her down the stairs. And I killed her. And then Elmani threatened to tell on me, so I hit her. You know, getting pushed down the stairs seems to be very deadly. I feel like a lot of people die in movies that way. I think so it can't. If you ever get mad at someone, don't push. I've fallen on the yeah. stairs multiple times. I'm still all right. I think it depends if you hit your head on it. Yeah, I think a lot of people like they snap their neck on it. Yeah. No, one time my brother pushed me. The other time I tripped. I used to roll down the stairs on purpose. I used to walk up them like a dog because I was too scared to walk up and down the stairs. You're you're just a freak. I'm a scaredy cat. I used to go down no. my butt. I used to sit down and go doop, 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 doop. Yeah, we used to do that too. Or get on like a blanket and slide all the way down. I remember one time we had our mattresses. Boy, our dad gave us an ass whooping for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so... Chuckway ended up testifying against King. Yeah. And that man and he flipped the table. So Chuckway's up on the stand doing his thing. He was like, it was that man there. That man killed that boy. And Dennis King stood up, flipped the table, and was like, You're gonna die. I'm gonna kill you and your family. And I was like, not a good look for the jury. If I was the jury, I'd be like, Oh, this dude definitely killed someone. Mm-hmm. And if not, or definitely killed this kid. And if he didn't kill this kid, he needs to be in jail anyways because he's going to kill someone. True. So might as well find him guilty. So, that was our Law & Order SVU episode. Yay! Are you all ready to hear the story that it was based off of? See. I am going to tell you the murder of Joy Risker. Risker. Joy Risker. Yeah, Joy. On January 9th, 2004, some computer... Some computers? 
some campers <coughs> stumbled upon, <laughs> stumbled upon an unusual pile of rocks. The rocks looked like they were meticulously placed to symbolize a brutal uh, oh my goodness, I cannot speak. Were placed to symbolize a burial site. The rumor spread of this pile of rocks when a hunting guide decided to check it out. But as he got closer to the pile, he smelled a stench he knew wasn't from an animal. It just so happened the hunting guy's son worked as a federal ranger. So on January 10th, he came to start excavating the rocks to see what secrets lie underneath. And to their horror, they found exactly what they had suspected. A mermaid. I don't know. Come on, what do you think they found? Uh, they found a, a, a tooth. No, they found a body. Oh, that was my next guess. I was right. I felt like I set y'all up there really well for that. I felt like that should have been an easy one, A-Rod. Yeah, but you know, mm -hmm. I like to think outside the box. They have a huge burial, rock burial for a tooth. Hey, you never know. Okay. It was a grave, and they found the bones of a human. Dr. Laura Fulginetti, who is a real-life who is a real life bones put the remains back together and discovered the remains had discovered the remains were hid out in the Arizona desert for one purpose. Why do you think they were hid in the desert? So no one could find them. To hide evidence of a homicide. Yeah, yeah same thing. Same thing. From her examination, she she could gather that the victim was a young African female that had gone through a horrific experience culminating in her death. The victim was stabbed 12 times and her face was busted in with a blunt force object. Afterwards, the killer had removed her teeth and fingertips and in a successful attempt to thwart identification. But Dr. Fulganetti knew she still had to try, so she called a forensic artist to help develop a sketch. Months went by without anyone claiming to know who the person is in the sketch. Oh, one minute. Who the person is this... Who, who the person is the sketch could be you know what i'm trying to say no one identified the person <laughs> in the sketch the forensic artist did see a missing persons flyer that he thought could be the woman in the sketch but after dna testing he was proven wrong but it turned out to be okay because the DNA sample taken from the victim for this test made its way to the FBI database and got a hit. Eight months after the discovery of the victim, they identified her as 25-year-old Joy Risker. However, this was a, a huge shock to Joy's friends and family. Still devastating. But they had long suspected they would never see Joy again. 
as the investigation into her disappearance had already been going on for months. And one person was already in jail for it by the time that they had discovered her remains. Friends described Joy as a bubbly and outgoing person who was as so who was a social butterfly. And this I t- intensified after her dad left. After her dad left the family when she was a teenager. Like any teen in the 90s, Joy loved the rave scene. But concerned about her daughter's partying habits, Joy's mom encouraged her to attend the church youth group. There, Joy found exactly what she had lost. A father figure. In the youth pastor, Sean Goff. Her mom was thrilled. Joy was now dedicating more of her time to church, and Sean was personally helping Joy through her difficulties. Y'all see where this is going? A little bit. (laughs) Little did Joy's mom know just how close Sean and Joy were getting. Do y'all see where it's going now? So you know how like on the last episode y'all were on the Jihad Jane case and I was like we all know that not all Muslims are bad and that every religion has the bad seeds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well here's one of those Christian bad seeds. Oh no. In 1997 not long after Joy turned 18 the two were secretly married in Utah. Of course. Utah. By a polygamous pastor. Polygamous. Was he a Mormon? It was a polygamous pastor. What's the difference? Okay. I mean, I, I don't know. Not- <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> you, you can't say that. Not, not all Mormon. Mormons, I think... Mormons had to give up polygamy I think they in gave the 1800s so that Utah could become a state. It was like one of the, like, what am I trying to say? Clauses or one of like, one of the, what am I, what was it called? Stipulations. Mm-hmm. Basically, the sure. U.S. was like, here's a list of things you have to do to get statehood. One of them was to give up polygamy. So, Mormons as a whole are not polygamous, but there are um, offshoots of the Mormon religion that call themselves, like, traditionalists or fundamentalists, which practice the original Mormon ways and do practice polygamy. But, I mean, I think typically it's more for, like, personal gain than it is really love. Mormons or Jesus love Jesus anyways to answer your question a rod <laughs> no I've lost my place why a polygamous pastor might you ask any guesses to why he might have a polygamous pastor 
so they can all get married. He was the only one available for that day. He's the only one who'll do it. Because Sean was already married to his wife, Sheila. Okay. Okay, Sean, get get down then, Sean. Get down. Okay, but let's go back. I felt like we skipped over the fact that Sean preyed on a girl in his youth group. It's gross and it's illegal. It may be gross and illegal, but it's all right in Sean's head. <laughs> That's Sean's gross. He grody. This is so wrong. Okay. So, yeah, they, okay, so Sean was already married to his wife, Sheila. Mm -hmm. Sheila and Sean met much the same way as Sean and Joy had. Sean met Sheila when Sheila was just 15 and Sean was 22. And her youth pastor. Sean is only a youth pastor because he preys on women. On young, I won't even say women, young girls. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I see. The two dated for a year and a half before getting married when Sheila was just seventeen. In nineteen ninety three, they moved to San Diego for Sean to work as a youth pastor at a church there. Okay, here's the other thing. One, how do you not know that your 22-year-old youth pastor and 15-year-old student are dating? Two, when they get married, like, you just, everyone's just okay with this? I don't know how much she's getting paid as a youth pastor. I don't know, let me tell you, they don't get paid a lot. They don't get paid very much. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, no, they make no. shit. Unless you go to, like, some mega church, it's not very much. I mean, he's only doing it to for that purpose to creep on the girls. I tell, I swear, he's not like really into the God, Jesus, Christianity thing. He probably could care less about that part. He's into the manipulation part. And there's probably always vulnerable girls who think that they can confide in their youth pastor about the problems they're facing, and their youth pastor is going over there going. <laughs> Now, how can I use this to manipulate them into falling in love with me? Not even falling in love with me. Just how can I manipulate them? So, when they moved to San Diego, he started, he was a youth pastor at that church. That's the church where he met Joy at. In 1996, Sheila and Sean found out they were expecting their first child. This is also the year when Sean and Joy became intimate. So he didn't wait for her to turn 18, is all I'm saying. Illegal. After their son was born, Sean approached Sheila with an idea. An idea Sheila had never fathomed. He suggested they open their marriage up to a polygamous marriage. You, she just had a baby. She thinks her husband's great. She thinks this is the life she always wanted. You literally just have your first child and your husband comes to you and goes, I want to take more wives. What would you do if your partner came to you and was like, I think we should have a polygamous relationship. 
See me? I'm not about it. I'm stingy. I need I need my part to be mine. But what would you I'm do consistent. if JC like walked up to you and was like, Hey, I've been thinking about it. I have this idea. What if we entered to polyamory or polygamy? Be like, so I'm not I'm not putting it down again anymore, huh? So, that what you're telling me? <laughs> I mean, but yeah, that's what you would think, right? You would be like, what am I not doing that he thinks he can find in something else? Sometimes it probably just gets boring. No, A-Rod, that's not how that works. I don't know. Look, I'm not in a relationship. It <laughs> doesn't get boring. <laughs> well, you never know. I need a little excitement. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of mar- I mean, there's a lot of marriages out there that stay together till like the end of time. Is that why the divorce rate is like what sixty percent now? I'm just saying there are some though. Yeah. Not <laughs> enough though. <laughs> I'm not saying it's every one of them. I understand that people. <laughs> I mean, that's why people cheat and stuff. But I want to have any people. What out of what? Go ahead, keep the divorce talking. Rate? I had a, I had a theory. I was like, well, you just said 60%, so that's 6 out of 10 people. If that. Um, but I was just like, I mean, that's what Sheila would have to be thinking, right? When he approaches her, is like, what am I not doing that he thinks he can find in someone else? When really, it's just like a selfish thing, right? Sheila's not doing anything wrong. Sean's just an ass that is already cheating on her. And has to figure out a way to make it work. Where he can have both. I don't know. Why don't people just get divorced? Why doesn't he just divorce her? Mm-hmm. Why don't people just say it in the beginning? See, just... to me, if... Not that I'm out in the dating world anymore. But if I was dating... Like, if you want to be in a polygamous relationship, I feel like that's something you have to bring up before you get married. So that's what you would think. That you can all, because then if you do after, then you're all, it's always that other, I don't know. I would always think, okay, so you want to cheat on me and get away with it. That's why you want polygamy or polyamory. But if people were, if someone like were to tell me that, before we got married or like in the beginning of us stating like this is just you know what i prefer this this and this then i would be like okay it's not about the cheating or me or this or that but i feel like after you've been with someone for years and years and you're like by the way i would like to sleep with someone else but i want you to be okay with it that's but also you you could do it too it depends i would that's would be one of my questions like well okay can i sleep with other people if the answer is no yeah then it's like, okay, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, Ladies. if you're going to say that you can sleep with other people, then it should be okay for me to sleep with other people. Uh, so, Malik, would you ever be in a polygamous relationship? No, I told you I, I'm possessive. A-Rod? No. Kinsey. I'm not gonna lie, there was maybe a point in my life where I was like, oh. "That's crazy." That's crazy. That's not, crazy. not anymore. I mean, I wouldn't do I it hope now. Not. But I also feel like that was at a time in my life when I was like, I don't know if I ever want commitment. Ah, uh, Kinsey was a whore. I wasn't a whore. Lord, 
She had whore tendencies, mm. A-Rod. I was not a whore. Mr. and Mrs. Houston, okay, well, you I'm had, sorry. You had whore tendencies. I'm you sorry. Made whore thoughts, but I never acted upon them. You thought about it. That's just I as bad. I did think about it. That's crazy. But I never did it. As we know. Uh, no. Or so we think. I never did it. <laughs> okay. Whatever yeah. you say, man. It's your life. Alright, let me find where we're at. Okay. Sheila was stunned at first. And refused, like anyone would, when their husband approached them after you just had a baby and was like, Hey, what if I took another wife? But Sean was known to be charismatic and charming. And Sheila, who had literally just given birth to their child, was obedient and scared to lose her family. She eventually agreed. Which brings us back to Sean and Joy's secret ceremony. After which, Joy moved in to be a part of the family. So Sheila and Sean and Joy... All lived in this house together. It wasn't a secret from everyone. Joy's friends and family knew. And while they raised their concerns, Joy assured them that she was happy. Who didn't know about this marriage dynamic, though, was the church Sean was working at. That was until Sean accidentally sent an email to one of his friends and a member of the church about his and Joy's marriage. This friend confronted John about it and basically said, confronted John, Sean, I don't know why I called him John. He, so the friend confronted Sean about it and basically said Sean had to confess to the church or the friend would spill the beans. But he was like, either way, everyone's going to know. Can't be doing this. And what did Sean do about this? What do you think he did? Killed the dude. No. Knifed him. Oh. He did absolutely nothing. So, Sean was kicked out of the church, and so he did absolutely nothing. Which meant the friend spilled the beans to everyone. Basically got a bullhorn at the front of the church and was like, Sean has two wives! Sean has two wives! Sean has two wives! And all the old lady in the church went, my stars. There might have been one heart attack in the church that day. And Sean was kicked out of the church and the family moved to Vallejo, California. In 2000, Joy gave birth to her and Sean's first child. And not long after she gave birth, not long after that, she gave birth to her second son in 2002. And while everything started out hunky-dory, things slowly started to shift. Sean, turn, turns out, was controlling and manipulative. Who would have thought? He was the only one in charge of the family finances, and he would read through all of Joy's emails. Joy confided in her friends that she wanted more independence. She wanted to travel. She wanted to go back to school. She wanted a career. A career and she just wasn't in love anymore. 
She had a plan to save enough money to leave Sean. Okay, so she had a plan. She was going to save enough money to leave Sean. This made the, the friends happy. They had seen Sean's controlling ways firsthand. In one instance, Sean slapped one of Joy's male friends mm. after he gave her a foot. A, a foot massage? <laughs> it's like gave her a what? Gave her a hug. Oh. Oh. At her birthday party. I heard foot. I was like, huh? That's yeah, what I heard. I started with the F and I meant the H. So one of okay, so at Joy's twenty first birthday, her friend gave her a hug and her husband slapped him in the face. In another instance, a friend saw that Sean was angry at a party and asked if Sean was okay. Sean said that Joy was flirting with another man at the party and that Sean felt like Joy would be the the type of person to just suddenly leave him and not look back. That night ended with Sean dragging Joy out of the party, opening the car door, and telling her if she doesn't get in, she'll never see her kids again. Just a couple of weeks before Joy disappeared, Sean confided in one of his friends how he was displeased with Joy and that she was sloppy and lazy, then ended the call by saying he would have to get rid of her. Oh. Oh. In September of 2003, oh. some of some of Joy's friends started to get concerned when they hadn't heard from Joy in a while. They tried calling, but radio silence. And again, Joy is this outgoing person who surrounded herself with friends. So this was weird. They called Sean and he answered, crying, saying Joy had ran off with her ex-boyfriend to Europe and left him and the kids. Joy's friends flagged this as weird because they knew Joy would never leave her kids. One friend in the Dateline episode with Keith Morrison even said Joy had only stayed that long because of her kids. Like, if she didn't have kids, she would have already left Sean. Also, if you run away, why would you tell him where you're going? <laughs> That's also, I don't know, because I guess you're going to Europe and they're like, no one's going to follow me to Europe. But still, like, doesn't that take away from the whole running away part? <laughs> Is to yeah. not know where you're at? I guess. I don't know. Hmm, things. It smells fishy. It smells a little fishy, yeah. Aaron. They suggested to Goff, to Sean, to file a missing persons report but he said one had already been open and the police had already closed it because joy had withdrawn five thousand dollars from their account so he's like case solved she ran away to europe withdrew the five thousand dollars and said sayonara that's when the emails from joy started rolling into her friends saying things like quote i just needed time away end quote but that wasn't good enough for her friends they begged her to call them just to know that she will that she was okay and all joy said back was quote i'll take i'll talk to you when i'm ready end quote this was the last straw joy's 
friends filed a missing persons report on October 5th, 2003. They were basically like, Joy would never be snappy and rude to us. So we're pretty sure this is not Joy. And all I'm saying is, if y'all didn't look for me or try this hard, if you thought something was up. Sorry, Ken. Sorry, we really told you multiple times. Yep, not coming to get you. I basically started this podcast to tell you stories about how friends look out for friends, to, so that you you know well, how to look out. It looks like you got to find some new ones then. Well, you better hope you get kidnapped within twenty miles <laughs> yeah. of me, because other than that, not gonna have to, not gonna be. Because if someone chose says that last we saw you in the woods, well, she gone. Know what you want me to do about <laughs> it? Probably got eaten by a bear or something. Y'all. I'm, I'm making my brothers full-time hosts now. That's fine. Make them hosts. Hey, they, you won't, they can you won't survive without us. They'll find you. Well, yeah. just fake friends. But I'd I investigate the shit out of it I don't you. expect y'all to come down here to find me. But I would, A-Rod. I would for you. I'm too, too- I'll donate big money to your restaurant. Right, I'll put stuff on my IG story. Let them know that we're looking for you. What? Missing friend, all that good stuff. But I'm not coming down there to look for you personally. Say, first off, what if I get mixed up? Yeah. Now we both abducted. And at least we're abducted together. What the fuck? <laughs> so now you're not the real friend. So now you want me to be that's down there with you. I would be down there looking for you. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm on stop until I find him. I use this podcast as a podcast as Look. a platform. Ken, you're not. First off, you won't find Look. this. I would keep that off, that whole. You might ocean. die in the process. You want me to be honest? Look, I'm gonna be honest right now, Ken's. I'll be worried for about four days. If we don't find you within the four days, I already think you dead. I'm a fighter, Aaron. I'm gonna <laughs> fight. Ken's, I've seen you fight, Ken's. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you about two and a half days. I can last longer than that. Are you? Is this gonna be a challenge? Do we need to go put you in the middle of the woods? <laughs> All I'm saying is, I'm a charmer. I'm a fighter. What is that gonna get you in the woods, Ken? A charmer. That's crazy. I think we should just get back to our story now that I know my friends are fake. And wouldn't come looking for me. It's crazy. We've told her this like four different times. <laughs> she still doesn't believe it. Well, every time I find one of these stories, I'm like, my friends would do that for me. I'm sure. Yep. Look at it. <sighs> Back to the story. I'll just lay in my bed in depression. That's fine. No, we will still be there. Investigative aide Linda Cousin was on the case. She called up Sean on October 8th and asked if he had heard from Joy. Sean said Joy emailed him that she was going to Europe to withdraw $5,000. Wait, I said that wrong. Emailed him that she was going to Europe and withdrew $5,000 just the day before on October 7th. He explained Joy was not happy and had not been happy for a while. When Linda talked to Joy's friends about Joy's feelings, they corroborated what Sean said. They said that Joy wasn't happy and had talked about traveling to Europe. 
So, Talinda, this made Sean look credible. Then on October 9th, Linda called Sean again about a rumor she heard of Sean selling Joy's bed and car. Sean said he didn't know why he sold the bed, just that he didn't want it anymore. But he wasn't going to sell the car. He also said that Joy had emailed him recently, and Linda asked him to forward it to her. The email read, quote, Sean, I know this is hard, but I'm leaving for Europe tomorrow. End quote. Again, this seemed credible. She said she was going to leave. Now he's she's letting him know she's leaving. But Linda decided to cross her T's and dot her I's. So she rang, rang, called Joy's ex, who she supposedly ran off with. And he now lived in Boston. So Linda gave him a rang, rang and talked to him. And he said he received, like, a general life update email from Joy, like, two or three months prior. I guess, like, him and Joy ended amicably. Like, they're still friends, which they had to be because Joy pretty much met, what's his face, Sean, when she was, like, 16 or 17. So, Joy and this other guy were probably teenagers when they were, like, dating. So, they probably were still friends and, you know, just gave each other life updates. So, it wasn't weird that she emailed him, but he was like, um, but other than that email... I, yeah, I haven't seen Joy, nor did I have plans to, like, run away to Europe with her. I have no idea what you're talking about. And Linda was like, hmm, yeah, okay, uh, thanks. I think I need to make another call. So she hung up on him. And on, and on October 21st, Linda picked the phone back up and, and called Sean again and asked for Joy's phone records. He gladly faxed them over. So she hung up the phone again on Sean. The phone records showed that Joy's last call was to Sean at 9.36 p.m. on on September 19th. So Linda picked the phone back up and called Sean again and was like, What the fuck, Sean? She called you last. What was that about? I mean, I'm sure she didn't say the F-bomb, but she probably thought it. And Sean was like, Linda, Linda, listen. Don't worry. I have an explanation. Okay, here's what happened. On that night, we got into a fight, and I left. And Joy called me to tell me to come home. And I did. And, and you know, we went back to bed. I mean, we didn't resolve anything, but we went to bed. And the next thing I know, I um, woke up in the middle of the night and saw Linda getting into some SUV. She had, like, two suitcases with her. She was putting them in the car, and then she got in the passenger seat and just, like, took off. And that was, like, the last time I saw her. And they hung up the phone again. And Linda was like... This is starting to feel less and less credible. And she started suspecting that something sinister happened to Joy. And things took a dramatic turn, however, when Sean Goff... What do you think he did? This is the dramatic cliffhanger. What do you think he did? 
Wait, repeat what you said? Sorry. Things took a dramatic turn, however, when Sean Goff... Finish the sentence. Sean Goff? Is Goff his last name? Yeah. Uh, when he... I don't know. I can't think of anything. Um, think of something dramatic. Come on, come on. Just uh, throw something out there. When It was... When... when it was... When he was killed. When he was found with Steve, the pizza delivery boy. <laughs> Things took a dramatic turn, however, when Sean Goff walked into the San Diego police station and announced. Finish the sentence. Lindell, he was gay. <laughs> that Steve, the pizza delivery boy, killed him. And now. That. He was married to somebody else again. Another one. And he announced, I killed Joy Risker and I want to turn myself in. Ah, we were close. Ah, we were close. And with that, we are leaving on a cliffhanger. Dang, we still got to get into the whole court case. I know, that's why I was writing and writing, and that's why we recorded an hour late, and I still had a lot to go, and I was like, wow, this is a lot. And then one of you texted me and said, it's fine if we start an hour late, can we just not have a three-hour episode? So then I was like, Call them out, 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 kids. That's fine. I was like, man, fuck that, it was me. (laughs) I was like, okay, so I guess... I should make this a two-parter than if we like, don't want a three-hour episode. If, if this goes in the podcast, listeners, look, we enjoy it. I enjoy sitting here doing this podcast, but I ain't gonna lie. Those three-hour pod, like, we, we do what? An hour? Like, we actually, like, how long are they actually in, like, an hour? Like, which part of it? Each episode? Like It's like finishing. an hour and a half. Yeah, like, the finished product's like an hour, hour and a half, but before we edit it on all stuff it's about like two and a half three hours guys like sometimes this shit's a struggle like yeah there gets to a point really where they just both stop talking and it's just me like, like are y'all paying attention and Aaron like, i'm tired like <laughs> i i have short term memory like today i'm falling asleep there's times when i'm hungry and then also Aaron and kenzie are in a different time zone than i am yeah. So I got an hour more on my eyes, <laughs> and I, I don't know how much more sometimes I have left in me. And then, oh, goodness, especially now with football on, oh, yeah. and the, the beer and all, it doesn't help. Yeah. I'm already on my last legs. And also, it doesn't help I have the attention span of an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. Me and Brady started recording last week, and Brady, Brady goes, how long? Or I said something, he's like, wait, how long do y'all record? I was like, I don't know, like two hours at least he's like really that long i was like eh, a lot of a lot of it is us just talking so i cut got cut all that out in the beginning it's a struggle guys sometimes it is especially with these long uh these long stories yeah this one and was pretty long I and they're good stories they're, they're good stories it's just it's so long yeah, I didn't realize how long this one was, and I just kept going and going. I was like, oh, wait a second. This is going to have to be a two-parter. And we haven't done one in a while. All right. So we're leaving on a we're leaving on a cliffhanger, which means we don't have an episode to watch next week. So 
we will just pick up and see what will happen after Sean Goff walks into the police station and says, I killed my second wife. And not in second wife as in divorces, but second wife as in I have two wives. Yep. Sounds good to me. And with that, I'm your host, Kinsey Huseman. Oh, oh, first off, before we get into it, I guess I should say, listen, you would be doing us a huge, 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 huge Massive! <laughs> if you like, rate. Like, subscribe. Subscribe. And rate. Rate, review. Hit us with that review on Apple Podcast. Apple Follow us on all the social medias, as in Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Facebook, and TikTok. It would mean the world to us if you could do that. It's just how we can reach people beyond my own Facebook friends. Uh, that would be Hunky Dory. Hunky Dory. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, I'm your host, Kinsey Huseman. This is Crime on Prime Time, and we are signing off. Bye.